Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Hey, today we begin a new series called Unite. And this is a big deal. Sometimes we forget the seriousness because of the luxuries we have. Like in this country, we're worshiping without fear of our life right now. Not all people across the world can do that. Sometimes we forget our mortality because maybe we've just had a streak of wins. We've been on our, our tide or the recent trend has been on the up, up. Others... We know because it's been on the down, down that, hey, life is short. You lose somebody in. You're face to face with the grave. It's not play play when we come on a Sunday and we gather in the name of Jesus. We represent Jesus and we get the opportunity to love like Jesus with a message that can save mankind. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Wow, that's rich. That's some rich drip, y'all. That's what we carry. That's what we have in this place today. And today, if if you're tuning in or you're in this room and you don't know Jesus yet, hey, I pray today's the day. But this month, you're going to get to kind of watch us open up the hood of our car and show you the guts of how we should be operating because as a people, We don't always love like Jesus, listen like Jesus, lead like Jesus. God wants it to start in the family of Jesus, and the heartbeat of heaven is to unite. Today is titled, Jesus is praying for us to unite as one. Jesus, how important. There's a call from far and wide, right here, right now, to unite. And today, I pray that we'll be compelled to push past our differences, to reconcile, and to do the work that's necessary, to get to show God's unity to a world that is so divided right now. And it starts with us. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold, how good and pleasant is it. It is when brothers dwell in unity or harmony. It's easy for brothers to fight, but it's better when we're in unity. Parents, when your children fight, there's a difference between an argument or a tiff or when they're going at it. There's been some moments when my parents watched my brother and I fight, and I know it grieved them because it was not just an entry-level fight. It was, we have the same blood. Brothers and sisters in Jesus, we have the same blood running through us. And God was so passionate about unity, he prayed one of his last prayers on this planet was for us to be unified. John 17, look at this. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. It's as if, look, I'm proving my love to the world. 
But man, I'm praying right now for all those that will accept that I am the way. I'm praying right now. Why? Because they are yours, God. You care about your kids. You don't want your kids fighting. Everything I have is yours and everything you have is mine. And I am glorified in them. The posture of Jesus, like, oh, I just want to please you, Father. Everything I have is yours. And everything you have is mine. Like, we are so connected. This is hard to understand when we hear language of Father. If you had a bad dad, you instantly can't, like, connect with this. The Father is the perfect example of parenting, though. Study him. He's rich. Spend time with him. He doesn't condemn. Be curious right now. What does the Holy Spirit have for you? I was backstage just while the bumper was playing, and I thought, man, I think the Holy Spirit's asking us to be curious right now. Curious, like, what is this graphic speaking to me? What does that electricity lines mean? Curious that in this room, or curious who, who's around, or curious of what's in your house, that God could be speaking to us first through his word, but also in our settings and in such a time as this. So be curious, and as he's speaking through his word, he's teaching us something here. Verse 11, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. So Jesus is about to exit this world, and he cares about us because we're going to face some fights. We're going to face some wars. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. Our foundation, Jesus one with the Father, triune God, God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three different but yet unified as one. Mystery, complex, but we see community in unity and together in the Godhead. This is the claim of Christianity that we may be one because we are rooted in the one who is one. I pray not only for these but also for those who believe in me through their word. There's a mystery, man. Jesus is praying here. Why? He's communicating with his Father. He's asking for the Father's will to come, the, the, the heaven, the heartbeat to come down. Hey, don't be in a fight. Be unified as one. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you sent me. <laughs> Look, y'all, we got about 17 trillion denominations. We got about 17 trillion methodologies uh, of how we can follow Jesus. But there is only one message that we're united in, which is Jesus. So we unite with everyone right now across the world, even our strange cousins and even our strange the other brothers and sisters that we didn't think we identified with because they might not practice the way we want to practice. No, no, no. The world's watching and they want to see, do we actually love each other in the name of Jesus? This is tough. I have given them the glory that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. Here he's making that complete again. So that they may be made completely one that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Wow. Okay. If Jesus is praying that we would be one, what that also means, that might be our hardest fight.
but it might be our most necessary fight for the world to believe. Are we perfect? Nah. We're the only institution that embraces our imperfections and talks about the one who is perfect. So may we never be on a high horse thinking we're above anyone or anything. God, who is rich in mercy, found us dead in sin, and he gave us new life. So what can unite us? Friend, you know, it's Jesus, the one praying for us. Why? Why bring unity? Why? Jesus. Here's a picture of one of the most latest diagrams of, uh, or I mean, uh, CGI, what they believe that Jesus would have looked like. And look at Jesus, right? Probably maybe not the way you saw him in your mind. And that face that isn't just a face, but is transfigured in such a way that we can't even understand his glory. He's the one that you can unite us. Ephesians 1. Verse 9, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ. So the Father has a will, and the Father displayed his will in Christ. Christ, who lived sinless, who died on a cross, was buried, and then rose from the dead to prove that he has the victory, and that he ascended into heaven, and he left the mission up to you and I. Why? Why, God? Can't you pick somebody else? No, he wants to partner with us work with us and through us. So we can never run from the mission that God wants to do. We are engrafted in, but then we're also commissioned to begin what God wants to do, us to do. Look, as the plan for the right time, what was the plan? To bring everything together. Everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. So Christ is our why bringing things together. Well, look at Galatians 3. For those of you who were baptized in Christ have been clothed with, clothed with Christ. When we're baptized, we're clothed. We're like, we've already in faith been clothed with Christ, but baptism is an outward display of us being clothed in Christ. Man, I am no longer dead in sin, but I am born again. Under the water, sin gone, I'm in Jesus Christ. I'm royalty. I got some royalty drip oozing with no shame, oozing with confidence, purity and holiness. And, but there's a real war. The enemy is always trying to attack us. But look at the heartbeat. There's no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female. Since you are all what in Christ? What? Read it. One. One, church. We're going to be strong going into 2022. We don't need many we need a few that are deeply connected. We're one. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. But I'm confused. Doesn't Jesus say in Matthew 10, do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. I've come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A person's enemy will be those of his own household. Whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Wait, what? 
And whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I thought this was a family thing, God. I thought we're supposed to love. And whoever does not take his cross, death sentence, and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. One commentary puts it this way. No social system was off limits for Jesus. Even parental and children. He challenged loyalty to family, religious customs, and temple worship. Why? Because in light of God's love and our allegiance to him, everything else does feel like hate. And if we don't understand this contrast that when we're baptized, that when we come into Jesus, we're saying yes to his love, but at the same time, we're also saying no to everything else. And then he has a way to restore in its proper order, but not that we think family is God. If we worship anything in place of God, it's in the wrong seat. So sometimes we think, all right, I want to get tight with Jesus. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a sinner's prayer. I listened to a song. There was a clip in it that I, I was working on it. And, and it, you ever had God speak through you and then he's using your words to speak to you? <laughs> Listen to this song 10 years ago. It never came out. There's a little clip on it, and it says, it says, salvation's not a prayer. It's a call to die. And I kept listening to it on repeat last night. I'm like, but don't we pray? Yeah, but what is the prayer? It actually is a call to die. Die to myself. Die to my own ways. And let him be my Lord or my master. Yes, I'm a friend of God. I'm heir. I'm son. I'm daughter. I'm free. He's king and Lord of my life, and I take up my cross, so I die to myself. Those that have experienced the dead end of our own self, I'm talking, you know, sin. sin sin's payment is horrible. It profits for a minute. It's fun, y'all. But when the enemy comes to collect, ah, the shame, the regret, the condemnation, fear, the comparison. But it's in those moments where God meets us. When we really say, you know what, God? I choose you. And we realize the whole time he's been choosing us because we lose our lives to gain our lives. How cool. Unity in and of itself isn't the goal. Unity with the truth of Christ is. What type of unity? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. And now he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, as he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. We're getting tripped up in the wrong causes. Causes matter. Every cause matters. But salvation, discipleship, and people having access to know God is far superior than any cause this planet's ever seen. That's the greatest job description that you and I carry. And friend, let me submit this to you. That our power, our effectiveness, is how well we get along and how well we're connected. How well we're unified in our hearts. Because God's given this ministry of reconciliation to us.
Queen Aragon in the Gospel Coalition, she has an, or there's an article written, what do you mean by unity? Christian unity doesn't sweep evil under the rug, stiff arm or critique, or dismiss conflict in order to maintain a kumbaya circle while the vulnerable suffer in silence. Any call to unity that requires partisan allegiance, discarding one's heritage, or conflating cultural and or social class norms with spiritual obligations is not a call to biblical unity, but to assimilation. So unity today, it's important to also define, unity is not uniformity. Unity is not silent. Unity is not without conflict. Conflict is the price we pay for deeper intimacy. Many of us, we've never been taught how to deal with conflict. So we run, we hide, because we're hurt. But unity is also not without work and confrontation. What does divide us? It's a few things I listed. First is theology, the study of God. I think divides us. Right thinking informs our action. We have to have right thinking of what we believe, which then, what is our action? You could define that as methodology, how we do things. And then in every setting, there's a me. (laughs) So if I've been hurt, what will I do? Hurt. I can be hurting, just be honest. But let's not hide that hurt, because people can feel when we're hurt. Or if we carry a level of shame or belligerentness and, or ignorance to things. And, and, and you might say, okay, yeah, yeah, in those settings, here's some things that divide me as well. Stances on justice, politics, race, power, who's in charge, money, cancel culture. Here's how the gospel starts to inform that. Justice, oh, actively we should be caring. Actively we should be working. But the cross also offers forgiveness. So it's justice and. That happens here first. With politics, be vested. I don't know what party you're in. Let's, let's debate about that till the Lord comes back. But may we be united that no matter what party we're in, we're under a king. Now there's common ground to unite us. Race, we're all created in God's image. We're all image bearers, but may we remember that we also are one race, the human race. So it's both and. No one should ever have to conform or assimilate, but may we remember we have more in common than against. How about power? If we have more, let's practice jubilee. How about money? Why wouldn't we go out of our way to redistribute so that those who have more can help those who have less? This is a gospel thing. Unity starts to give answers to these things. What about cancel culture? We don't get canceled in Christ. We get a royal robe. But we're not going to be able to fight these things on a global level the way we think we can. It actually starts in City Life Lansing. We have to practice what we preach. Check this clip out from Dr. Eric Mason. 
kind of given us like this uh, thunder amen to say we can't go alone. We go together. Is number one to understand Christianity isn't monolithic. Yeah. And a lot of times the tribe we in affect how we process Christianity. Oh. And another piece of it, you know, when people talk about the Bereans, they often talk about their commitment to seeing if what Paul said was accurate. But no, they never talk about that they did it together. Oh, amen. Hold on to your butt. Amen. Like the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse one, he who isolates himself. Yes. Seeks his own, own desires, desires and desires, yeah. breaks out against all sound counsel or judgment, right? Right. And what happens is, is people, even in their deconstructing, they don't even recognize that their individualism is Western. Oh, yes. Like, That's like, very like, true. Like, like the very thing you're speaking against, you're using as your tool to do what it wasn't meant to ever to do. Wow. That's so good. You yeah. know, and so I think a lot of times it's like you need to get around other solid Christians that aren't in your tribe. Mm. Ah. Because like, like for instance, a large deconstruction is happening among African-Americans who were saved and influenced by white conservative circles. Right. That's where the major deconstruction right, right. Right. That, that, uh -huh. that's the same that's, thing with us. It's yeah. super happening. Yes. And I'm talking about where it ends bad. Right, right. Because what, what happens is somebody disappears or they don't say much and then they come out something different. Right. We need to have, make space to say, hey, I'm questioning some things. I don't know where to go. Like, this is how you know your tribe is unhealthy to process with. If they feed you tribalism. Mm. Now, what is tribalism? The rubric of how that tribe keeps score, not how God keeps score. Say that. Ooh. Say that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so if I ask my tribe, yo, man, like, why is Jesus, why is he always white? I just want to know that. Why does color matter? Hold up. That's not where you got to learn that from. Right. Because they don't, they don't get it. But if, you, if someone says, you know what? I don't know. But let me check. Or they say, you know what? That's been something we've wondered too. Mm -hmm. Like you can start with the few key questions to know where your safe space is. Mm -hmm. That sound. I'm not right. talking about go to the devil's round some and oh, I got a dance before you come in. I got you. I got you coming. We can work through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about proven says. proven possible healthy spaces. Because I would challenge people who are deconstructing to deconstruct their deconstruction. Ooh. Oh. In other words, you have to hold your deconstruction accountable. Right. Like a lot of times we think our deconstruction is God or it's truth. Like how you see things. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, how you see things isn't how things should necessarily be seen. Right. So you have to ask, why am I deconstructing? Why is the challenge of Jesus' complexion affecting my entire view of Christianity? Why, because I experienced spiritual abuse in this church, am I questioning Christianity when it was just this church that I experienced abuse in? Why am I getting rid of the church when I was only at one church, was never a member and served, but just saw something that was wrong and I'm deconstructing my faith? Why am I deconstructing my faith and I just grew up in this church, I never really became a member, I never remember getting saved or being baptized or being in, like, fully in, because that's what tripped me out. People say, I was a Christian. I was like... Where? Uh -huh. Hey, hey, hey. Well, there's a lot there, and I think it's awesome. <laughs> I do. I think it's awesome. I like leaning into the mess. Let's pull open the hood. What's going on underneath the hood? What's going on in our hearts? When it comes in this space, he referenced Proverbs 18.1. This has been one of the, the, the verses in my life that's helped me. Um, Proverbs are wisdom literature. They don't apply to every setting, but they, they help us know uh, the wisdom of God 
that might apply his truth to a setting, there is times to be alone, okay? But if the heartbeat of our being alone is because we don't want any judgment, we don't, we don't want any counsel from people, we don't want any input, we're not going gonna to just do this thing, Lone Ranger, look, no, 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 no. Whoever isolates himself, this was most of my life, seeks his own desire. Now I willingly submit, willingly ask questions, willingly, hey, try to slow down, measure twice, because every time I go do it and I build it, it's in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Well, how do we even know if we're building the house or not? We never stop and ask God. We don't even stop and ask his people. We're not even connected to his people, y'all. And we think we have this power supply. Yo, we're supposed to be deeply connected. And it's awesome because God is one with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We don't want to break out against all sound judgment. So if you're taking notes, I want to call the worship team to the stage and um, give you just an acronym as we go, okay? Unite. U-N-I-T-E. You could say, well, all right, how do I remember this? Real catchy. U-N-I, together, at the cross, eat. <laughs> you and I, together, at the cross, we eat. Because eating in a time of war meant that we're reconciled. It's a statement that we're going to listen to each other, and we put down our weapons, and everybody has a seat at the dang table. Maybe your seat's too big at the table. You know, the dudes that sit down and like, like, you know. I want to make space for people. What's cool about the kingdom of God, you think there's no more seats and somebody just gets a little curious and just gets like, hey, I want to come. Boom, a seat appears. Christ is always making room for the one. That's what he does. I don't know where you're at, but I want to read this chapter over us as we close, and I want to invite you to come to the front. Why? Because an act to say, I want to be united. I want to be close. I'm not going to force you. You don't have to. But just to come to the front, like, I want to worship closer. You might not be comfortable, and that's fine. But a statement to say, I want to, I want to live out Jesus' prayer. Josh Block sent me this chapter this week. And as we're reading it, I want you to grab a verse or two that's for you and just grab it and be like, that one's mine. Here's I need to live. Well, it starts out this way. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of what he's done for us, I urge you, living sacrifices. We talked about this in the Purpose series. Be holy and pleasing to God. This is our true worship. Don't conform to this age. The world is so overrated. Like God's ways are underrated. The slow, the unity, the unseen, the, 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 the I'm sorry's that will never get told like in the history books, but we'll, we'll echo the halls of eternity. Renew our minds, discern what is good. Because my mind needs a new operating system. That's gonna take 10 years plus, y'all. It's gonna take God's people. I got to know the perfect will of God. <laughs> and then in this body, this family, there's a grace given to me. I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. If we're mad at somebody else for not doing what God's called us to do, we might just be a different part of the body. Look at this. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. 
If prophecy, use it. If service, use it. If teaching, teach, y'all. I don't want to hear any pollution. I want to hear solutions. Now, you can call it pollution and say, I need help with you. But talking about somebody else's gift, nah. We're doing this together. Together, together. And every Sunday we make a statement. If, if exhorting, giving mercy with generosity, leading, diligence, show mercy, cheerfulness. And here's where the rubber meets the road. This was the section that uh, captivated most of the, the thought this week regarding this message was let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil and cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters, taking the lead in honoring one another. Like, oh, I got to lead in honoring you. And you got to lead in honoring me. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. That's what it looks like to be in Jesus. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Make your home feel like a hospital. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. You can tell the words of Christ are hard. <laughs> They're good. These aren't the spoken words. These are the written words of Christ through Paul, like the heartbeat of heaven, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, reminding the church. Give careful thought to what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Can we have justice and peace? I think so. Why not? At least that's going to be the cause I'm trying to fight for. Fight on my knees and fight with my hands. Friends, do not avenge yourself. Instead, look at this one. If you got a hater, leave room for God's wrath. Because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. You don't have to fight your battles. God will. In fact, it goes so rich, it says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will be reaping fiery coals on his head. That one I've always struggled with. Like, wait, what? I thought, are we supposed to love him? Like, God is just naturally, you know, the judgment is, is happening. And hopefully they're going to accept Jesus. But look, ultimately, this is how the chapter ends. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Oh my goodness. To me, this chapter feels like the prayer that God was having the moment with Jesus. Like, will they be one? We might say, I don't know where to start. Start like that. Honor. Feed. Share. Prayer. 
tears. Oh. Maybe you're in this place and you don't want to love anybody ever again. Hear the call of heaven saying, unite. Maybe you're in this place and you've been carrying hate. Hear the call to repent. Maybe you're in this place, you didn't know you had a bunch of brothers and sisters. Will you carve out some time? We invite you to unite. This Wednesday at 6 p.m., you can kind of make a step. Wednesday night, we're all getting in the room. We're going through one of the hardest books in the Bible, one chapter all month long, because God's word can unite us. Philemon. Very challenging. Gospel transformation, a leader, a runaway slave, a slave owner, but yet God's kingdom just trying to wreak havoc in all of it, saying, man, my love and my unity, I'm petitioning, it's higher. Will you remember what I'm doing? Don't forget that God's love is greater. Don't forget that greater is he that lives in you. To unite, to unite with your brothers and sisters. Don't, don't go about this alone, right? That's what it meant when Jesus said, amen on the cross. So let's sing. And may you make a step towards the front today to just say, you know what? City life, we unite. We accept the call. We hear God's prayer. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.